put on the black skinny tie, my suit. <laughs> I would milk. go buy milk, and I would show up to the back door, and they would, I would literally walk up to these security guys, and they would stop me, and they'd be like, "I'm catering. We ran out of milk. Come on, man, we gotta." And they're like, "Oh yeah, come on, come on." And then you did. And I would go. I drop the milk off somewhere in the kitchen. And I would walk your, in the take party. Take off. So then everybody started calling me Rat Pack because I always <laughs> look like you always look like a caterer. Straight, yeah, Rat yeah, Pack. Yeah, the skinny tie. So you always look the same when you went there. They're like, "Why yeah. are the same why shit why every you, time you?" Why do you always dress kids, up? Dude? They were like, why do you always dress up? I'm like, it's my style, man. I just like to roll like that. <laughs> that's great. That's how you sneak. That's ladies, how you sneak into Hollywood that's parties. That's how you sneak into Hollywood parties. Now you can't do that. Ladies really love the time. Put that coffee down. That's a clown question, bro. All right, another episode of Off Script with Eric Layden and Lance Zerline. That's right, for the keen ears out there, you noticed I put my name first. Well, that's because Lance isn't here today. It's only me. He is on the IL, that's the injured list, with a collarbone because that's what happens when you fall off the ladder. And I don't mean like figuratively speaking, like off the ladder. I mean he literally fell off his ladder because, well, he's Lance. And he's old, and these are things that are happening to him now. Uh, he told me to carry the show on my back this week. I decided I would do just that. I called my friend John Huertas. He brought over a six-pack of Modelo, and we had a conversation. John is a fantastic actor. He is uh, currently on This Is Us on NBC. He, before that, was on Seven Seasons of Castle. And uh, before that, we worked together on Generation Kill. He is a owner of a bar restaurant in Venice, California. He is uh, a contractor. He just built his house. Uh, he's a jack of all trades, and he's an awesome dude. And this is a quick hitter with he and I, John Huertas. Enjoy. It's kind of like this, when we start out as actors, we think that there's a secret to... Uh, to, to being a working actor. I don't know if you remember when you first started and you'd sure. meet somebody who was, someone who, was just, who had just been guest starring a lot, maybe a couple of recurrings. You're like, God damn it, he knows the secret. I wish he would tell me. And you, and you, you never really ask anybody what that secret is. So uh, my answer to the secret, because you know, I've been working now steady for, for quite a while and people that are starting out always ask me, like, what, you know, what is it? Like, what do I have to do? And I'm, and like, what, like, almost like, what is the secret? And my guesses that it's like you know it's like high school you have to figure out how to be one of the popular kids and that's and that's how you continue to work and it's not there's different levels of popularity there's the prom king and queen mm -hmm. that's brad pitt and angelina jolie mm -hmm. you know what i mean but then there's the you know the the kids that everyone knows and let you know invites to the parties on the weekend, but they're mm -hmm. but they're not the ones that are gonna get, be on the in the homecoming court, and they're not gonna be you know the. So who's that? If Brad Pitt and them are the homecoming queens, who's who are the ones that are not gonna be you know in the homecoming court, but they're getting invited to all the party? John Wertus and Eric Layden. Okay, okay, so just the 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 grinders, the blue collar working actors, yeah. character guys. Guys you recognize, yeah, you know, like you might not know their name, but you definitely recognize yeah. them. 
We're cool. We're like Eric Nenninger, I think, was the one that told me this, or he said it best, or it might have even been like his uh, in his Instagram, uh, like his little bio. Uh But it said, "I I work enough to make you think you went to high school with me." Yeah, it's like such a good way to put it because I I will, you know, and and you're probably similar. We'd be in the grocery store and see somebody look at you, and and you can see them just like killing themselves trying to figure out how they know you right and then they and then they might come up and be like hey man like dude, i'm together? so sorry but like do we go high school together yeah i've gotten and that a million you know, times of course right like yeah. why they recognize you and, and then, then and then but you, what do you say because i katie and i argue about this like she gets irritated with me because i won't say i'm an actor i'm just like no i don't i don't think so where are you from and they'll go uh minneapolis and i'll go oh no, I'm from Houston. I must not. And they're like, oh, okay. God, you look so familiar. And then afterwards, Katie goes, Katie's why like, didn't you just tell dick. him? That's, that's exactly what Nicole says. Because we've had that conversation. So I have flipped my script. And now I just let people off the hook if they say, like, you know, you just look familiar. I think, we, have we met before? Probably not. I'm an actor. And you've probably seen me in, in, on, on television. And, oh, really? What? And then they want to say, what? Then you're, now then you're, now you're, now you're I, dropping your resume. Okay, but see, that's why I don't go down that road. Because without a doubt, what they say is, oh my gosh, okay, yes, it's definitely that. I definitely have seen you on TV. What have you been on? And I'm like, dude, I am buying groceries. I am not about to rattle off a bunch of great high concept cable television shows that I've been on. See what I did there? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But but this this is actually a funny anecdote. So Katie and I, one day, we get into it about that. And she's like, you just say you're an actor. Just say you're an actor. Right. Because Katie will always be there and she'll be like, he's an actor. Like, whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, God damn it. And so I said, fine, fine. Next time it happens, I'll say that. So fast forward, like the next day, we're at a barbecue at a friend's house. This girl's like, looks so familiar. Like, I feel like I, <laughs> how do I know you? And so Katie's sitting right there. She looks at me. I look at her and I'm like, okay, fine, fine. I'll do it. I was like, I'm an actor. And she's like, no, it's not that. And I'm like, you see? You see, Katie? That's why I don't do this. That's hilarious. That is why I do not do this. Now. Yeah, I'd rather be familiar. Of course. Imagine being famous and not being able to go to Fatburger. Dude. You know what I'm saying? Brad Pitt can't just egg. walk into Fatburger. Exactly. He can, but he'd be on the cover of magazines. Exactly. Food. Eating a Fatburger. Yeah. <laughs> he also probably wouldn't look like Brad Pitt, but. Right. It's true. Whatever. He's I'd take you know Fatburger over Brad Pitt's body any day. Fatburger is good. Yeah. I haven't had it in a long time, though. There's a new one. Would Heidel you rather Burger. have Brad Pitt's career or be able to go to Fatburger regularly? Don't even lie and have to. You do not even have to think about this, dude. Brad Pitt's career. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Don't yeah. even pretend like that's a question. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and I was thinking, like, it's not, it's not being famous. It's not necessary. I mean, he's had some great roles. But it's more like the people that he's gotten to work with. Yeah. Like, like imagine being able to work with all of the greats totally. that he's been able to work with. And, and, you know, I think it's, yeah, it's, it's, that's, what, that's what's attractive. It's not necessarily the, you know, the roles or the, or the, the fame at all. Like, I definitely, I'm so happy I'm, you know, I don't have to worry about the fame because. Well, you don't because you're cause, not famous. Right, exactly. I'm yeah, familiar. I can tell you that. I'm familiar. Uh, yeah. But yeah, cause, I mean, and that already it already bugs me. I've had shit sent to my house. I've had people show up to my house. Yeah, of course, people are crazy. crazy. Well, you're on a show right now that's that's really, really, really popular. This is us. We're gonna get into that in a second. But so you grew up in you were born in New York. 
right? Technically, I was born in a hospital in Virginia. But okay. Yeah. I, but, but then you went to New York. Here. Yeah, yeah. And Mixed then, race. And then back to my... Parents, right? Like Puerto Rican and white? Yeah, but Afro-Latino too. So it's, you know, in, in Puerto Rico and Cuba and uh -huh. well, lots of places. I mean, Mexico is 1.4 million Afro-Latinos. Ecuador is 1.3 million Afro-Latinos. And Cuba and Puerto Rico and Dominican Republic are known for having a very, you know, a strong African uh, influence. And so, you know, my my biological father, you know, looks, you know, you could tell he's got African descent, uh -huh. African uh, lineage. And so, um, yeah, I mean, you know, moving to Virginia and being biracial, you kind of didn't, I didn't fit yeah. anywhere because it was just black and just white back there. Right. And, and, it, and it's, it's something that's kind of, tough as an afro-latino that that a lot of people don't even really even know what that is and not you even like you and some like latinos you weren't, you weren't actually accepted even into like latino uh like group because you were afro-latino well you weren't accepted into like an african-american group because you were afro-latino well it's, Which, by the way i never even knew that phrase until right now see so you didn't even yeah. know and that and that's the thing like pio pico who basically f technically founded Los Angeles. He was the. What's his name? Pio Pico. Pico Pico. Oh, like Pico, Pico Boulevard? Boulevard. That's named after him. There's okay. a there's a middle school called Pio Pico Middle okay. School, uh, not too far from here. Um, he f basically founded L.A. He was Afro Latino from Mexico, mm -hmm. uh, and so a lot of people that's been overlooked because there is a a caste system in the, you know the kind of the Latino. Uh, um, uh, diaspora and also you know the spanish wanted to erase what um indigenous people were as far as what you know take take their names away give them spanish names take their religion away give them their religion take their land away um and if they didn't if they didn't give it up they, you you're gonna okay. die yeah <laughs> and so um you know that and then they did the same with africans as right. well and the spanish were pretty bad about that so that's why, like, people were assimilated uh -huh. to where there are people who are Afro-Latino, and you can look at them and say, yeah, that person definitely has African in their blood. But if you say and ask, or if you ask them about it, they're like, no, 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 my, my, my grandparents are from Spain. Motherfucker, your grandparents are not from Spain. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if that's a lack of knowledge on my part. I, I didn't grow up in a, in a, I grew up in Texas, so, like, I had Mexicans uh, that I was you know, around. Right. Um, but there are a lot of Afro-Latino Mexicans in... There probably are, but I had no clue that they were Afro-Latino. Afro right? because, because they won't even... They, they won't kind of acknowledge it, right. if you will, because it's not something traditionally that our, you know, grandparents and their parents right. were, were proud of. Mm -hmm. um, or they, they want, you know, people wanted to claim Spain because Spain that's what Spain wanted us to do right um you know most of the African Af or Afro Latinos in Mexico are on the you know east coast I'm sorry yeah the east coast of of Texas which I mean of Mexico which is you know you take it all the way up and you're in Texas you right sure so um so there's probably you know a, a, if you know the concentration of Afro Latino Mexicans in South Texas, if right. you will, because sure. there's been some migration back and right. forth. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's one of those but things. certainly not. When you're in Virginia, you're in Virginia, you're a kid. It's, it's the late 70s, early 80s. I mean, yeah. you're not, as far as you're concerned, 
you don't identify as that, right? You're just like, I'm, La- I'm Latino. Yeah. I mean, I, I identify. And, and did you have a relationship with your father? No. 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 Um, I identify. Yeah, exactly. You know, as a kid, you're not even, you're not even trying to identify. Mm-mm. As a kid, you're just trying to fit in. You're just yeah. trying to make friends. You're just trying to, you know, do do things that you like. You know, <laughs> not get your ass kicked. And when, yeah, I wanted to play. Yeah, you know, I wanted to play football. I wanted to do things. I wanted to be an actor. I wanted to, all these things, and, uh, and and not trying to get my ass kicked. And also, like you know, I got bullied. When you're right. the when you're the new kid, sure, you look different from anybody else. Sure, you have an accent. Sure. Um, you're gonna the, the bullies are gonna come at you. Uh, there's a fame there's a famous story that I've told a lot of my friends that there was a kid in my school that called me pubic head. Guy of curly yeah, hair yeah. and he was taller than me. And he He's said, not wrong. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> this hair's a lot. It smells a lot better than pubic hair. It does, uh, for sure. <laughs> um, but uh, you know that he you know he he tried to clown me in front of right. a bunch of other kids as the new kid and you know looked. Looking down on my head, saying, "My God, when I look down on your head, it, it looks like I'm looking down on my dick." Yeah, you, I should call you pubic head. And what? How old Everybody, we should call him pubic head. How old are you? Uh, I, I don't even. I, don't, I might. I might have been 14 or 15, okay. something like that. Um, and you know, he tried to clown me, and sure, he didn't. His his clowning skills weren't as, even as good as mine. I mean, I was he, gonna say you can. So I clowned him back, and and the thing is, like. He tries, he tries to hurt me with, with what he's saying. And, of course, it did hurt inside. But, you know, I wanted to have a comeback. And I had my comeback. And he can't handle the comeback. Like, he, right. can't, he can't process it and try to come back at me. He just gets angry and now wants to fight. Right. And, luckily, I grew up boxing and in martial arts. And I was able to handle myself against this person. And... That actually, I gained some respect from the guys that were in that small little group mm-hmm. that he was trying to clown me in front of, to where suddenly, like, people want to be my friend. Right. Because I didn't really have many friends before that. Sure. Um, and, and that's why it hurt so much, because I was so, so much, like, I was trying to impress people and, right. be, and be friendly and all this stuff. And this was one of these moments early on where this kid, like, in front of all these new kids told, you know... Told me I look, you know, my hair looked like his pubic hair. Did it hurt? I mean, it really hurt. Of course. And so uh, I was, you know, me, me coming out of that with like, you know, one of my one of my best friends. So basically, uh, you, you kicking his ass was like a turning point. It was. I mean, if anything, bit. you can thank the guy because he set he set you up for for basically. Like <laughs> having a moment where you kicked his ass, and then all of a sudden, people are like, "Oh, I like this new kid." Yeah, this kid exactly. Can, he can. He can hang. Yeah, and then well, people laughed first, and that's why right, that's what that's what made Doug. Well, I'm not gonna say his name. Doug. Uh, his now, name is Doug. What's his last name? I'm not gonna say. Come his on, last let's name. look no. this motherfucker up. Right I already now. have, and he's changed completely. He's actually a really good guy. Oh, you you've talked to him. Yeah. Oh shit. Oh, this really? Thing, this thing reclines. Yeah. yeah um. Reclines. Uh, uh. This is a high end studio. This is a high end. That studio. chair would recline. This is for the most you. comfortable studio that I've ever sat in Thank for you. a podcast. Thank you. Um. Yeah, so he has changed. He is a good guy. He travel. He's he's well traveled. Okay, whatever. Enough about Doug. He's Fuck a music. He's a musician Doug, now. So Doug had this moment, <laughs> and your life changed because of it. Because you kicked his ass. Right. And you see what happened to me when I did third grade twice. You did third grade twice. There we go. I was holding for for laughter. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what my parents were thinking. Besides, just wanted me to get my ass kicked. 
Um, that is way too late to be doing a grade twice. Um, and so did the kids in your they school? They were in the hall with me. Now they're in fourth grade and watching me, and I'm in third grade again. So who, so who was, did somebody, did, did the kids that you didn't follow bully you, or the new kids in third grade try to bully you? No, no, I was a baller in the new third grade. Oh, yeah, because oh, you were dude, older. You, you, had, ten, you, had a, man. you had a year of, you had a, and you had a, a year over them Bro, as far as experience I was, goes. I was, I was, you know, like. You were the, first pick so you were the cool ball. kid with the third graders. I was a cool kid with third graders. But fourth graders and above were like... Bullying. This motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, right? Like, how's third grade again, right? Oh, <laughs> so, no. Uh, yeah, it was, it was crazy. I remember that. I remember one kid pushed me over in the playground. My glasses came off. That was another issue. So yeah, yeah so, you had gla- so you had glasses. Oh, dude. My, I had glasses. My teeth were an absolute fucking disaster. Like, you know, probably not at that point though. In third grade, think about it though. Those I didn't pe- have braces yet, but I was a mess, dude. I was but those a kids now. Kid. The, like, look at you. Like, you're fucking doing great. You have a great family. You have a great house in Los Angeles. They see you on fucking the most prestige networks that there are. Yeah, that's right. Because you're a fucking bomb ass right. actor. That's right. Fuck those fourth yeah, graders. Who cares? Where are they now? Yeah, where Fat are you now? And drunk and bald. <laughs> yeah, receding hairline. <laughs> Back in Texas. Not me. It's <laughs> uh, so funny though. Do you think that those times influenced like I often think like where in my life was I most influenced to become the actor? Like where where did that happen? And for me it was in high school. Like I really fell in love with the not just the performing i i I, before that i like to perform i like to make people laugh i like Mm -hmm. to you know take people on that journey but it was in high school that i really fell in love with the process i I was fortunate enough to have someone in high school that could really he he had he had just amazing training and he really like grinded into his like text work and stuff wow and so at an early age, I kind of fell in love with the process, and and that's where I got hooked. Did you get hooked early? Late? I got you hooked. Would, you were also well. We can get into it. But you were a veteran too. Yeah, You're I got hooked really veteran, early. I should say. Yeah, I got hooked really early, second grade, um, and uh, I got hooked because you know I used to get in a lot of trouble mm-hmm. in elementary school. Mm-hmm. I was just wild. I, I don't know why, but I was wild. I didn't I couldn't sit still. Mm-hmm. I tried to look up every girl's skirt that mm-hmm. I could the shit out to of include Doug. to the no, he wasn't around yet. Okay. But but even the to include the nuns. Like I would yeah, I want to look up their oh, skirts. Catholic school at this Catholic point. school in Virginia. Yeah, I don't know, this is in New York and okay. I wanted to and I but I I just I was just I, that would you know, I would, I would get into it with kids on the playground. Like it was, I was getting in, in trouble. And at one point, I was in the hallway, and this nun, um, and she was known as the scariest nun in our school. Yeah, Everybody, all nuns are scary. All Let's the, be nah, man, we had some really sweet like nuns in this like school. Kind of old nuns. There was well, no. I think our principal, Sister like Mary Macrina, was like, awesome. Like, she was like no, she was petite and and pretty and smart and uh-huh. like and but she was the principal and then there was right. a couple other other ones that were like kind of you know the younger you know had a vibe but this one and this one was kind of young but she was just mean mean and she didn't put up with shit and she 
one day just grabbed me by the arm to where like I felt like she was stopping the blood going mm-hmm. into my lower arm by the way she was squeezing me. And she like kind of lifted me so that my like toes are dragging on <laughs> right. the You're going the where thing. she's taking you. Yeah, and I'm, you know, I'm trying right. to keep up and right. she's walking me down the hallway and she throws right. me into this auditorium, gives me a script and says, this is where you'll be every day until Christmas. Um, during this Great. during this time, yeah, okay. and it was the Christmas show. They okay. every year there's an original Christmas show that the school would put on, and so I thought I was in trouble. Mm-hmm. Like, what did I do? And I couldn't figure out what I did. I did I did bad course, shit yeah. all the time. But I was trying to think like, what did I do that she knows about that she caught me doing? Because right. I wasn't doing anything right before she grabbed me, and I think she just knew that I was this kid who was acting out a lot, and she was like. Oh, he's acting out. Let's make him an actor. Oh, and so go. she wanted to give you an outlet. So she gave me an outlet. She threw me in this thing, and I just—I mean, the whole time I was trying to get out of it, and I'm rehearsing and all this stuff, and I had to do a song. And when the Christmas show finally came around, and I had—I remember having to do my solo. I was okay to be, you know, when I was at other scenes, when I was in the chorus, mm-hmm. basically, and like, you know, the background and. You know, doing my movements because we weren't really dancing yet. We were only in right, second sure, grade, so second we were grade. doing the movements and You're doing all this stuff. Eight, yeah. Chance. And then it, suddenly, it's the time for me to step up to the microphone and sing my solo, wow. and I was just like quivering. That sure. shaky voice thing, and my voice sounded like a, everybody sounds like a girl in second grade, basically. Yeah. And so I started singing, and I remember just watching people's faces when I was singing, and my my voice was shaking so much. But then when I I was seeing people smiling and seeing right. people, and they were like, like they were, they were engaged. Mm-hmm. So my voice started shaking less, and I was, I started like really remembering everything that that they told me to do and that they mm-hmm. taught me. And then uh, I looked to the wing left, the the stage left wing, and I saw that nun that had grabbed me, and I swear I saw her like wipe a tear, <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, if I, if if I can do that to her, if I can do that to these people, I want to do this. If you can right. affect, if you can affect people in a way, I want to continue to affect people emotionally, and that's what put me on this journey. And then I started just, I got into just like looking at performances. Right, you start watching movies. At yeah, and I wanted to that's and seeing how, I, yeah, and seeing how I was affected. So sure. I remember when I saw the Champ right around that uh-huh. same time, like right after that, it was right. It came out. Uh, and I saw it with Rick, Rick Schroeder and John Voight and um, uh, Faye Dunaway. And I was like, you know, so Ricky take Schroeder? Rick Schroeder. Yeah, Ricky Schroeder. Schroeder. Yeah. I was, yeah, in The Champ with John Voight. Yeah, John yeah, Voight yeah. played his dad. I can't remember that. Dude, this fucking movie, man. It made Rick Schroeder, mm-hmm. Ricky, Ricky back then, then Rick. Right now, Rick. Now he's back to Ricky, I think. Okay. But he is phenomenal in that movie. He was as a he's six a good year actor. Old. He's a great actor. Remember he went and did uh, NYPD Blue for a while? Yeah. And he was great. Yeah. So my, my when I was uh, a kid in elementary school and middle school and high school, all I wanted to, like my goal was to work with Ricky Schroeder and Jason Bateman. Like I had these goals as a young kid actor like i was working towards that one day i will work with these two wow. guys well so, one of those ships might have already sailed well because I, I don't I, know what ricky's doing but Bateman, i worked on nypd blue when oh, he was you on did? it but i didn't have any scenes with him uh were you able to at least tell him i did, did you see so him? i saw so you and i did generation kill mm-hmm. kellen lutz was you know the driver of my vehicle in uh-huh. that in yeah. that miniseries this fool kellen lutz had a fucking party 
in Venice and Ricky Schroeder was at Come it. Come on. Because he, he we had the same all had the same agent. Innovative. Yeah. Ricky was at Innovative oh, when was? we were at, you know back right. right when we finished Generation Right, Kill. right, right, right. So and so was Kellen at that point, too. Yeah, Kellen yeah. was there, and yeah. his Ryan, I guess yeah, was his yeah, name, yeah, yeah. Was, was the agent. Right. I think he was Ricky's agent. That's So funny. he had invited him to Kellen's party. So when Nicole and I walked up to the roof of this weird house in Venice, uh, I saw Ricky Shorter sitting there, and I was like, oh, like starstruck, bro. And sure. So I went up to him, and I, and I uh, introduced myself, and we started talking, and, we, um, and I told him, I said, you know, I've thought that you were the most amazing actor since I was six years old. And he's like, oh my God, thank you. He hadn't heard that in a minute either. He probably hadn't, man. He hadn't heard that in a minute. He hadn't heard that in a minute. He hadn't heard that in a minute. Yeah. um, So, so, (laughs) yeah. So I said, man, we worked on, I said, I worked on NYPD Blue when you worked on it. And I, and I didn't have any scenes with you. And I was so disappointed. Um, And he was like, well, maybe we'll get a chance to work together again. In my head, I'm like, "Hmm, maybe. Maybe. (laughs) But probably not. I don't know. But he, <laughs> like, he wasn't even. I don't even think he was trying to work in work front of the camera in, anymore. Yeah. He's trying to. He's setting up a post house. He was. Dude, like, he was good at NYPD Blue. I remember watching him and being like, "Whoa, that's Ricky Schroeder." I mean, for people listening under a certain age, you have no idea what we're talking about because <laughs> yeah. you watch Silver Spoons exactly. and probably haven't seen The Champ. Certainly, I haven't. Champ but, and the Little Lord Fauntleroy was uh, another movie that he but, did. But Schroeder, I watched Silver Spoons like religiously during the week growing up like that's what you know i got to watch tv if i did my homework and i remember these shows that i would watch just you know religiously you know what i i love like alf and i love i love watching yeah. old like nick at night nickelodeon used to have a thing called nick at night i remember watch, like, nick at night, yeah. sons yeah and i grew i mean i grew up Golden watching all that and you know I think, what I mean, was the one with the, the talking horse ed, ed mr ed mr ed i watched mr. Ed. mr ed i watched all these shows and I loved it. I, I snuck a little TV into my into my room, which of course my mom knew, but I thought they didn't. And every night, with like they they'd be like, "All right, good night," and they'd leave the room, and I'd pull out this like little TV and plug it in, rabbit ears, so I could watch whatever I could watch. And um, yeah, it, it, they those I, I remember when I realized how much I loved performing and acting. I I. Everything changed when I started watching things, and and it still to this day hasn't changed. Like it's really hard for me to watch things and not zero in Analyze. performance. Yeah, um, I I I just tend, but I'm. It's not that I can't enjoy the show. I do, right? But I will. I, I it's hard for me to not like it's because hard you, for me to watch it objectively because you have a tech because you yourself as a professional actor have a technique mm-hmm. and you at first are probably watching actors, especially actors that are in your kind of category. Sure. And characters that you're like, I could have probably played that. Right. And then you're seeing how this person, what, what choices is this person right. making? Um, and, and for me, I get, the, I do the same thing, but you know, if, if it's well cast, if it's well written, if it's well directed, I can actually escape like, there's a show. Well, I won't, it doesn't bother. Like I won't not watch it if there's no if the, if the acting I think is poor or if a performance is poor. Like I won't turn it off, but I definitely will be like, ah, I can't get behind that. There's a show that I, I just started watching that is not very believable. Like the premise is not believable. Okay, but all the performances are so grounded. The writing is so good. The direction is so good. Okay. Uh, Teenage Bounty Hunters. On I haven't Netflix. watched it yet. 
That show is so funny, but all the performances are so grounded. And I'm, and I'm telling you, it's, it, there was no way that two high school girls that go to a Christian high school mm-hmm. are going to be fucking bounty hunters. Like, right. that's crazy, fantastical. Right. It would never happen. But it's, to me, it's way more grounded and real than Maisel or than... Right. Uh, definitely Shit's Creek. Uh, but there's a place for all these shows, right? Absolutely. Like some of these shows absolutely. you're watching for that, and then other shows you're going, I just, you know, want to turn, like, I'll watch an episode of 000 or two episodes of 000, and then I can't go to bed after that, so I gotta turn <laughs> on Shit's Creek. And right. then we watch an episode of Shit's Creek and fall asleep, and I can have sweet dreams, like the little angel that I am. But right, I can, right. surely cannot go to bed after watching an episode of 000. What right. about Dark? I haven't watched Dark. Good? It's good. Yeah. I'm, in, yeah. I'm watching Yellowstone right now with Katie. How do you like that? I really like it. Do you know? So yeah. I mean, I love the world. You know Taylor? Have you ever met Taylor? Sheridan? Yeah. No. I, no, I haven't met him. So he and I used to be tight. Okay. And, and uh, came up together as you know actors. And, right. Uh, first of all, I'm super proud of him. Yeah. Um, and... You know, he had quit the business. Yeah, I know. And, uh, and I remember... So... I had the I had spoken to him. We bumped into each other, and he was saying like, "Yeah, man, I got this sweet gig on Sons of Anarchy. This show called Sons mm-hmm. of Anarchy that's coming out." And I was like, "What is that? Sound? What?" Is-? And he's like, right. "It's a motorcycle show. Uh, uh, you know, Peg from Married Children's in it, and it's this new kid, British kid, but he's he's playing American Ron Perlman." I'm like, "What? I'm gonna watch this show. I'm gonna watch it because you're in it." Right. And he was like. Dope, man. Yeah, watch him. It's my. It's like it's, it was like his first like big like series regular like dope. Show. He'd been guest starring for years sure. and all that stuff. And I guess after about and somewhere in two, season two, they killed him off, and it fucked with him. And it fucked with me. I didn't even watch the show anymore after that. But it fucked with him where he said, "I'm out. Peace, Wyoming. I'm going." And he left. And he. uh he started writing, and, mm-hmm. he's, and the first script he sold was Hell or High Water. Mm-hmm. We have the same attorney, so he sent it to our attorney, and mm-hmm. he's like, what do you think about the script? And our attorney was like, this shit is dope. Yeah. Sheridan's awesome. He makes the show. I, what I love about Yellowstone is the world. Yeah. It's like location porn. You know what I mean? And right, right, right. I also want to do a Western. Like me, me too. To do Let's write that shit. Let's do it. because I'm not even kidding. No, I know. That, that's what I want to do. And so I watch it going like, come on, I'm texting Luke on the side. Like, you got to be kidding me right now. You're getting to do this every day. In Wyoming and in Montana, it just looks beautiful. It's absolutely insane. Yeah, man. Um, okay, so go, go back a little bit. And um, you're done with Catholic school. You join the military? No. So uh, I went to public school for high school. Uh-huh. Um, and, yeah, I wanted to be an actor. But, you know, what they taught, you know, I was in, in drama. And, uh, you know, you're kind of taught in high school that the way, the path to being a professional actor is, um, you know, an undergrad degree. Sure. And most likely a master's degree. That you're kind of like, you know, that's, that's the path that they want you to take. Uh, and I was like, all right, cool. So I'm gonna get an undergrad degree and going to, uh, 
college, I didn't have, I didn't come from money at all, no money. Uh, and my, and I, I didn't have the kind of grades that were going to get me a full ride. But I did play sports, and I got a partial scholarship to play football at a school that was just starting a football program. Um, so I had to work the other um, part of the, you know, to to make up the amount, the money to to pay for school, and it was hard, man. I was, you know, it was really hard, and uh, I ended up not being invited back. People, some people say I got kicked out of school. I just say it that I wasn't invited back for my sophomore year. Um, so uh, we, we prefer you not come, please. Right. So I um, didn't know how I was gonna get this theater degree, and as a kid, man, I had a hero complex, and a bunch of a bunch of the men in my family had served. You know, uh, several men in my family had been in the Marine Corps, several in the Navy, um, and so there was a part of me that loved military history and the military and all this stuff and so uh the military was also offering to pay for 75 percent of your education if you joined and became active duty Hmm. so uh i decided well i'll go serve my country and i will try to finish school and that's what i did i spent eight years in the air force and um you know studied theater and then Moved out to L.A. and you know I. I so eight I, years in the Air Force. What are you? So now I'm 26. See, okay. Did you see any tours in that time? Yeah, yeah. I went to uh, for Desert Storm and Desert Shield. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The you know almost from, from from I joined in '87, which tells people how old I am. But then um you know '91 is when the actual war happened there was uh you know desert storm right desert storm it was the build up to that and it was you know desert shield afterwards right so there are rotations um and what were you doing what was your position i don't know i I, I was an e5 so staff sergeant um several different jobs but um you know i i wanted i wanted to be an actor and i was no by by no means was i gonna you know i'd been in eight years and people were like why are you getting out Right, and I'm like, cause I got, and I'm, I'm getting older. I'm like twenty, I'm gonna be twenty six years old. I gotta get out to L A. Right, and you know, I thought I need to get started because a lot of people, like by now, people that did go to undergrad and then get their masters, like they're getting, they're getting into it in New York and L A. So I was like, I gotta get out there. So I hadn't like started to even consider a master's degree. So I thought I'd get out to L A. and you know, see what's going on, try to get started. I didn't know anybody and maybe look at that master's degree, but I got to, you know, at least I don't want to get, I don't want to age out before I even get started. So I moved to LA and I didn't, I didn't, you know, like I said, I moved to Torrance. I didn't know anybody. And I, um, I started, you know, looking in the yellow pages under acting. I, uh, I fell for one of those, um, scams where they say uh, on the radio you know commercial you, comes pay, on. you gotta pay for your headshot yeah come <laughs> audition to see if you have what it takes to make it in hollywood yeah, totally. open auditions this saturday 11 to 1 yeah. yeah and so uh I, I showed up to one of those and you know there were like a thousand people of course. and they told all 1000 of us that we have what it takes of to make course. it in hollywood yeah, you all do. and you they all just happen to have the look yeah and they charged me like three three grand for uh, terrible headshots. Terrible. I came from Louisiana, my last duty station, where I was stationed at, at Barksdale Air Force Base. I 
came with better headshots to LA <laughs> from a small town in Louisiana <laughs> than this motherfucker gave me. And then I, were they, they put, like, all right, let's do the cop now. Let's throw uh, on the shirt with the badge. I don't even. I mean, it was uh, just. Now terrible. we're gonna do the construction work. They didn't do those. Put, I, I, I saw. The, I, I saw other people had those, but they didn't do that. They didn't. They didn't even have the budget to have like different looks and costumes. Um, and then I and then they had put me in these classes. These uh, it was just a cold reading class, and it was terrible. And I and I realized I was like, you know, I had studied theater for four years, and I realized none of these people in this class have studied theater. No. None of these people were actors. They heard a commercial just like I did, and I yeah, was like, they were walking out of In and Out, and somebody's like, "Excuse me, have you, are you an actor?" Right. And I was like, I can't be in class with these clowns. With, with these guys. I mean, I don't, and that's the thing. I don't want to call them clowns because they they obviously like were curious or maybe sure, had sure. a dream or whatever, sure. but they're at a different level than I was, right. that I thought I was. And so I went back and tried to get my money back and they were like, no, it doesn't work that way. And I said, and then I got angry and mm-hmm. I used to have a lot, I mean, I used to work out and eat a lot of fucking raw eggs and I, I had like- Do you my, have anger issues? My testosterone, I had this say testosterone issues. You eat beef jerky and eggs all Yeah, oh my God. And so like they, they were like, they were like, it doesn't work that way. And I'm gonna tell you, I told them, I said, I'm gonna tell you what doesn't work. You you fucking not give my money back right now. And it was a whole thing. They called security. I had to get the fuck out of there. They it's call- weird that you didn't get invited back. It's weird <laughs> that the nun grabbed you and pulled. I'm seeing a theme here. Nah, I'm, I'm seeing a theme. I'm dude. Zen, dude. No, I don't Namaste. Know. I mean, it happened in Namaste. It happened in, it happened in <laughs> second grade. It happened in college. Now it's happening with the headshot dude. Well, because they ri- they robbed me. I'm not though. saying three you grand. Justified. I'm just saying um, you got anger issues. So I didn't know what to it's do, okay. man. I really didn't know what to do, and uh, I. I had an agent in Texas, actually, Kim Dawson Agency, in Dallas, mm-hmm. uh, Las Colinas, if, you, if you've ever been by there. Um, and I called them and I said, I, I, you know, I got ripped off, man, three grand. And, you know, I, I, I to, to, at that point, when you're just, you know, coming out of the military, trying to start your career, you lose $3,000, that's big, that's huge. And I said, I don't know what to do. And I had done an under five local hire gig what back in texas you know what that you don't know what that no, is no 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 so uh when you when people go to um and when you go on location and work there used to be a thing like with sag uh like, like you know an under five is like under five lines oh, then gotcha. you, it, it rates you at a certain okay so rate. you're just like small bit parts small bit part yeah like you're, like, you're, the, you're the local you're hire extra but yeah you, know, you but you got a couple lines here yeah you're the you're yeah you're right. so you're the local hire that they make the production do they make right. the production right they, they have to people. hire a certain number of those if certain, they're going to shoot in Louisiana. Exactly. Or or exactly. Okay. So right. that's what that I did one of those uh, in one of those movies and I did some commercial uh, mm-hmm. commercial mm-hmm. and then uh and so they were like, "Well, you know, we'll call ABC Studios that did that move that MOW and we'll see if they have anything." And I basically auditioned for an MOW uh and got it. And MOW's movie of the week. Movie of the week. Yeah, they don't even do that shit anymore, do they? And it was with Joyce DeWitt and James Eckhouse. They were the two leads. Joyce DeWitt from Three's Company. And James Eckhouse was Brandon's dad on um, 90210. Yeah. So, and it was all these kids that I'd watched, you know, growing up. Sure. Teenagers. I I was playing a teenager. uh, And it was all these. You made it at that point. You were like, damn. For a minute, I thought I made it. It was still a small. Right. Small part, but it was like I'm going to San Diego to shoot this movie. I'm going to right. be on location right. for three weeks. It feels so good. Doesn't it felt it? so good, and I was oh. like, "Oh my god!" And makeup trailer At and the all. Beginning. Of, oh yeah, and then when you're on location, yeah. And I you met get this picked up. 
Exactly. And then they're feeding you. You're like, oh my yeah. God, I can have anything I want. And I met they're this. Like, sure. Anything. Yeah. And I met this guy on set and uh, I, you know, instantly recognized him. I'm like, oh my God, you were the older brother on Wonder Years. You were the bully brother. <laughs> and he was like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and he was like, and what's your name? And I, I told him, and he said, where are you from? And I told him, and I, and I and basically found out that I was, I just got out of the military. And he had never met anybody in the military because he grew up on television he grew right, up sure, just acting all you know he was and he had, he had that life that i dreamed of when right, i was a little kid right and he had never met anybody like me and he was so like he was like i never met anybody who served in the military what was that like this is not so between setups we would just talk and then um at one point, and his name is Jason Hervey, and and his and one point he said, "Who's your agent?" And I said, "Kim Dawson Agency." He's like, "Who the fuck is that?" Right. Because he knew everybody in town. He was already producing a television right. show at at a, at a young age, um, and he said, "You need an agent here." I was like, "I know," and he said, "You got to meet my mom," and I thought that was weird. I was like, "Why do I have to meet your mom?" Right. And I found out she was an agent, and her agency was called Hervey Grimes. Jason Hervey, Marsha right. Hervey was his mom. Pam Grimes, Scott Grimes' mom, was the partner. And Scott Grimes, ER. Yeah, right? ER. Now yeah. he's on uh, the or the Orville. Okay. Yeah, he's uh, he's great on the Orville. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, so their their moms were my first agents. Wow, and that's crazy. I went in I, and back when you could read a monologue for people. Yeah, yeah, could, yeah, of course. That's how you got an agent. Back that's how you got an agent back in the day. Yeah. Uh, is that when you when you got an agent? That's they're still doing that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah, I would, because you got nothing to show. It's not like you have a reel or any tapes. No. So you just, you know, but now they all expect a reel. Yeah, exactly. You got to be able to work. So you, you now, though, you get an agent and then things start happening for you. But, but go back one second and, and living, you know, you've lived in the military for eight years and now all of a sudden you're like living this life. Were you, were you missing anything like your military life? Or no? No. Because there's got to be some, like, structure to that, and there's absolutely zero structure to the life you're now living, it where was... that's either going to be probably pretty freeing, or it's going to be, or it's going to be really, you know, like, you're going to hate it. I, first of all, it was an exciting time. Right. In my life. So it was, it was what I'd always dreamed of, and here I am, like, in California, palm trees everywhere beaches i mean i was mm. i took advantage of california but it also um you know the regimented kind of lifestyle you know you when you're in the military you know every you know when you're gonna when you're gonna have to go to work every day right and, and you know suddenly you don't have that it's like groundhog day yeah every day's the same kind of yeah but you don't but here but here you didn't you don't you didn't know what was gonna happen no. the next day you didn't know if you were gonna work at all and if you do work ever again right. afterwards. Right. So, you know, that was the only thing that kind of There's something freaked me out. That. But there was also something exciting about yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so um, I didn't miss it. But, and, but there was a part of me that, you know, my life at the beginning was still pretty regimented. I woke up every day at the same time. I worked out every morning mm -hmm. at the same time. And I was you know, very disciplined and had initiative. So I, you know, was trying to figure out what's, 
what how like how am I gonna get the next job? Okay, what is so the next that move? right there, what you're talking about, because that's something I have, and that's something I going back to the very beginning of this podcast when people talk to me all the time about how are you how do you work? What's the what's the secret? You know, all this shit. You know, I think discipline, self-discipline, self-motivation, you know, those are the things to me that are the key to success in this industry. I agree with you. When you're in your 20s and you come out to LA, certainly when I was doing it in my 20s and you, you know, it was, listen, there's always fun to be had no matter what year you're in. But when when I was doing it, I mean, remember there there were parties every Parties, clubs. But but like, but at a different level, like they were putting, you know, PlayStation would have a party on a Thursday night. And then this person, it was just insane. They were always during the week, by the way. Always during the week. And you had to be so disciplined that, like, if you had a meeting the next day or you had an audition the next day. or You, you had, had to leave you know, by, like, 11. Or not go. Or 12. You yeah. know, and I just remember having those conversations with myself where that was the difference between, I think, me still being here today and so many guys that I was here with at that time that are long gone. Uh, yeah. just, you know, they just didn't have that self-motivation. Yeah, and you're that right. To me, is kind of the to me that was the secret. You know, I agree it's with so you. Yeah, easy in this city to get sidetracked. Yeah, I mean those parties are fun, and they're you know it's it's if you can get into them, it means you are one of the popular kids. Yeah, uh, you also justify it because you're like I'm networking. Yeah, like, I mean my manager that I have now, I met at one of those parties. So, I mean, there is a network aspect to that. You start totally. to get to know people. You start to get to know people in the industry. Like, there's an absolute, you know, yeah. networking aspect to it. But it can't overshadow the, you know, right. what what really is your primary focus, which is, important. Which is to get yeah. a job. Yeah. And for me, like, and I also, you know, for those parties and for these these events, you know, I remember if I had a friend or an acquaintance who was... Uh, doing way better than I was in my career, um, who was, you know, familiar or who was famous or whatever. Like, if they were going to one of these events, one of these parties, one of these, you know, club nights, and I would say, you know what, if they're going and they're working, uh, maybe I should go. Right. Because I had this idea when I was early in my career that, if I'm if I'm associated in this circle of mm-hmm. friends, um, then there then people are like, who's well, who's that guy? Right. Like here here's Leo. Right. Here's Toby. Right. Why is this guy with them? Right. Who's that guy? Right. Is he an actor? Right. Because we don't. He's he looks different than those guys. Right. I, you know, he's a Puerto Rican. So sure. there. So I felt that there was something to that. So sure. there was a there was that was the reason I wanted to kind of be. I'd be there to, to have fun. But did you feel, if you're with Leo and Toby, if you're sitting there and Leonardo DiCaprio's working, Toby McGuire's working, then you like, do you, did you at any point feel like, I kind of feel like the third wheel here? No, you know, because first of like all, first of all, it was a big group. So sure. I definitely wasn't a third wheel. Uh, there was, you know, it's, I'm not even going to no, say course. what that group was called, but, right. but I did, I did, I was in. What was the group called? No, I'm, I'm not going to say. I'm not going to say. It was a long time ago. Dude. It was a long time ago. Before, you're not going to get canceled now. I'm no, I am. Yeah, I am. I am. I'm not going to say. Uh, 
But I was hanging out with them sometimes, and it was one. It was one group, and you know, sure. I, I was tight with you know back in the day with uh, Vince Vaughn, John, John Favreau, Favreau bef- yeah, before yeah, Swingers group. even came sure. out. You know, it was a, it was a, we'd, we'd be hanging out, and you know, there'd be, but it was a big group of people, right? And I'd just be in that little mix, and some if someone saw that group from across the room, they, and they see me, and then suddenly I thought, if I'm in an, if I'm in a audition meeting an interview and that person happened to be at that thing and they saw me in that group and they're like they oh, might yeah, they might bring it up right. and There's i thought like a sense but, of, but also i would get belonging. i would yeah i would but i would pop my shoot at like 11 i was always trying to get out early a lot of people yeah. didn't go out till later but i would I'd, if i tried to i'd say let's meet at nine or something right. somewhere and then i'd pop my shoot at like 11 11 30 so that i could be in bed by 12 if I'm, if I'm doing this thing right so that i could wake up at six in the morning and go work out i always had this sense of like because i remember i i when i was in hollywood and i you know i was friends with people that were working and I was friends with some guys who were on shows. Yeah. And, you know, they would invite me to these things. And then I got to be, you know, in this group, kind of similar to what you're saying. But there was, there was that sense when you're, you're that age, you're like, oh, cool, I belong here. You know, I'm in, I'm in Hollywood. I'm in L.A. I'm friends with these guys. This is awesome. Yeah. But then there was, I always battled because I always had a sense of like, well, they're all on television shows and I'm not. I did. You know, I had that battle this, too. There like, yeah. sense of like kind of maybe embarrassed like i remember i went on a uh trip to costa rica with a big group of people Mm -hmm. all of which were on shows the whole trip was paid for i was invited with my buddy who who was like dude i got an extra trip ticket you want to come i was like yeah for sure carmen electric i mean it's like it was a whole group of people right but i also remember being like i don't want to talk about the ibm commercial i'm on you know what I mean? Right. Like I felt like I, there was a sense of being there where I'm like, I don't, I mean, I'm friends with them. I'm right. legitimately friends with them, but I also, I'm getting things like trips to Costa Rica or like gift bags that I feel like almost, I felt like I didn't deserve. Like I didn't feel like right. I hadn't earned it yet. Right. Right. And I always had this like internal battle. That's just me personally. Like I just had that internal battle with that where I was like, right. but it, but it made me want to go out and fight harder. Right. You know, well, you know for I mean, me, I remember not, you know, be, like if I was, we were, we were hanging out in a big group like that and it was people that were all working and on shows or in movies. Like a lot of times the conversation wasn't about Hollywood. It no, wasn't it about acting. Was. It was about all kinds of other stuff. It never was. And, I made it about that though in my head. I'm just right, like, exactly. In yeah. my head, it was. In my head, I, yeah. I oftentimes would feel like inferior. But, I, but, but, but going back to me saying, like, you know, I thought that it was actually. There were certain things that I thought, all right, I need to be in an acting class because that's the gym for me. I need right. to be working my muscles mm-hmm. as an actor in an acting. So I had to be in an acting class. I had to have a good agent. I had to make sure that I was on top of my agent. All the different things that you do that, make, that, 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 tell you, that you tell yourself, I'm, do, I'm, I'm working towards my goals. Mm-hmm. And one of the things was being out there and being seen with a certain circle of friends. And I remember, I, so I had a job when I first moved out here. I ended up getting a side hustle where I was like working with this very small, weird independent company that was doing uh, coffee carts at parties. Mm-hmm. And um, it was like big parties. Like I'm talking about like, 
Yeah. Premiere after parties. Sure. Uh, um, At celebrities' you know, houses. Giant bar mitzvahs. Yeah, like bar mitzvahs yeah. where they spent like, you know, millions. Grand. No, a million dollars. Oh, like oh, crazy shit. Lord. Um, And it was like, you know, and, and Starbucks wasn't on every corner yet. Right, and right, we right. so we would serve we were serving mochas and it was like crack to people sure. at this coffee cart at a party or we were serving like an ice blended and people right. were like what the fuck like right. what is that um they didn't even know it was gourmet that gourmet coffee before it was like gourmet coffee thing. before coffee being sure. in Starbucks was like like just went monopoly right um and so we had this and we we load these carts up in the back of these vans there's a guy named Alec Mappa I don't know if you ever worked with him but no. he worked there and a couple of people they're now like you know, working actors, comedians that, that, that were in this little gig, and um, but I remember being at one party, and it was it was one of these big like movie premieres, and I, I was the guy that would liaison, like kind of like a like the almost the manager of the coffee car, and I would liaison between the catering company and the coffee cup, because the coffee company was separate from the catering company. Uh -huh. So I would be talking to the catering manager, and I would say, this is where we're gonna put our cart, this is how we're gonna load in, this and this and that. And then my barista, which I, was, I wasn't I was a great barista, you know, making the little designs and stuff like that. My barista would be, you know, telling me like, we're running low on cups or napkins or whatever. A lot of times it was milk, because they'd go through these, they would make sure. lattes and, and uh, uh, cappuccinos, right. and the milk would just go. Right. So I remember being at this big premiere, and the barista was like, we're about to run out of milk, dog. And we have two more hours at this party, and the line is like wrapped around the dance floor. Right. And I'm like, shit. So I had to run to like Ralph's right. and get like three gallons of milk. Right. And I come back to the party, and I'm, you know, I'm going through the back where everybody loads in. And I would wear just like, you know, black skinny tie, sure, white shirt, sure, sure. black Catering. back thing. And it's something I got at Jet Rag, like an old right. suit, right? Uh, and, but it looked like a, just a black suit. Basically, I'm going to tell you what my nickname used to be after this. Okay. And so, and, and this is from all my Hollywood friends, sure. some of them, the Holly, young, younger Hollywood friends. Um, so I would I came back to this party with these three gallons of milk and all these you know the security guys with the earpieces sure, and sure, the coil sure. and shit and they were like wait, wait, where are you going and I held up these three gallons of milk I'm like yo man I'm with the catering ran out of milk bro oh come on come on come on and I they just let waved me through and I went to the kitchen and as soon as I got Ding. in the kitchen I stopped I was like <laughs> yo so then I started, I would, my, you know, my, one of my, know my how to get yeah, one of my friends, so, so I had all these Hollywood friends and if they, and they would say, a lot of times they didn't necessarily invite me to say, hey, pick me up or right, I'll pick you up. Right, they'd be like, yo, you're going to that party. Are you going to that party? Lounge tonight, right? Exactly. They would right. say that and I would go, uh, I was thinking yeah, about it. Where is it again? Where, Where is, is it? it again? And they would tell me and then the I would lounge, literally on put on the black skinny tie, my <laughs> suit, <laughs> I would milk. go buy milk. And I would show up to the back door and they would I would literally walk up to these security guys and they would stop me and they'd be like, I'm catering. We ran out of milk. Come on, man. We got it. And they're like, oh, yeah, come on, come on. Through. And then you did And I would go, milk. I'd drop the milk off somewhere in the kitchen and take I would your, walk in the take party. Your jacket off. So then everybody started calling me Rat Pack because I always look like. Because <laughs> you always look like a caterer. Straight, yeah, Rat yeah, Pack. Yeah, the skinny tie. So you always look the same when you went there. They're like, why yeah. do you wear the same why shit why every you, time you come Why do you always dress skinny, up? Dude? They were like, why do you always dress up? I'm like, it's my style, man. I just like to roll like that. That's <laughs> Great. That's how you sneak. That's ladies, how you sneak into Hollywood. That's parties. how you sneak into Hollywood parties. Now you can't do that. Ladies really, love no the tie. Co co coffee carts. There's that's no more so coffee carts. I might try it. I might actually. I'm not even kidding. I thought about trying to bring that back to. I mean, I can I do it with you one night? Let's do it. Can I'm we not go even try kidding. To sneak into like the Oscars. 
Let's do it. All right. Or, not, or, or the after party. The governor's ball. The after party. Let's the try to The governor's sneak ball. When, when they, they when, have parties. When they have again, parties again. Let's you and I dress up. We'll bring the milk. We'll bring the milk. And we'll be like, dude, what, what, we're, what's the catering company? We're having milk, dude. And let's All right. Let's, yeah, let's, let's do it. Do. All right. I love that. Um, this, it's not surprising. You, dude, listen. You and I know each other from Generation Kill. We spent a lot of time together. Wasn't you, that a great project? Oh, it's the best, that was the best. We talk about it a lot on the podcast. It's just such a killer. one of the best jobs. It is. I still tell people today that is the best job I've ever had. Yeah, yeah. The best job I've ever had because first of all, I don't have friendships with anybody else that I've worked with. Like I have friendships with you and the guys that I worked with in Generation Kill. Right. I uh, it felt the most like when I was in the military because yeah. we all got deployed together to Africa. The subject matter was great. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we told a true story that we upheld the integrity of. Yeah. Which there were moments while we were filming that some of the integrity was, you know, almost teased out, almost yeah. pulled out. And we yeah. stood our ground and said, no, nah, yeah. no, nah, we got to do it like this. Um, and th- th- that's, yeah, it's, it, yeah, like, first of all, you're my brother now. Love you like that. So Generation yeah. Kill is 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 what did that yeah man well equally you know i it's that was a show too in terms of the content of that show when veterans which this happens so regularly come up to me and they're like there's never been a show made that's more spot on about how life is or certainly back when we you know were portraying these guys which was like oh three yeah like it it oh three oh one oh three she came out in 08. No, we were portraying them. Oh, yeah, we were portraying yeah, them in yeah, 03. Right. Oh, yeah, I thought yeah, you meant yeah. like when we did it. I'm like, yo. No, no dude. we did it in 08, but we were yeah. portraying soldiers. The, it was the invasion, in the invasion of 03. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, right, yeah. So those guys, you know, say like that is exactly, exactly how it was. And, I agree. And yeah. I, always, I always appreciate that. That's like one of the coolest things about that job in particular. You always want, especially when you're portraying people for them, you know, depend whatever you're doing to say like that's spot on now in terms of the job itself though seven months in africa it there's never been a job like that i don't know that i would accept a job like that now with kids and a wife and being away for that long so it's you know it just came at the perfect time yeah it's one of those shows too that so many times people will come up and say i just saw that on you know hbo and i've been watching it and I'm blown away with how many of you guys were like, got your break in Generation Kill. I mean, there's just so many guys in that show. You know, Alex Skarsgård hadn't hadn't really done anything. He almost he was almost quit the business yeah. right before that. You yeah. know, and and you're working, and Kellen's working, and Stark's working, and I'm working, and I mean, it's just the list goes Michael on. Michael Kelly, and on. Michael yeah. Kelly, obviously is crushing it, and um, you know, it's it's a testament to. The creators of the show, the casting directors of the show, but really, like they did such a good job of getting us out there and picking people who were in the same playing field, and so we all got along great. Yeah, I didn't know how that was going to go, but it was it was epic. It was all time, man. I mean, the, the fact that we had literally, I mean, I know that HBO designated a certain number of guys as leads, uh, but to me, there were. About thirty leads. Yes, thirty-two in that guys. Show. 
32 guys, 32 and guys. everyone had a great role. Yeah. Everyone was super important. Everyone shined. I mean, it was like, I've never been a part of a project where 30, like 30 men are all recognizable. Right. All like, you know, like today, like yeah. people, people will recognize every single one of us sure. if they see us pretty yeah. much. Um, and, you know, first, no, none of us killed each other. But one thing that would, like, I think that, Today, I don't even know if they would greenlight a show like that because no. remember there were there were no females no. in that cast. But and that's the only way it worked. Very, very small. That's the only because, way it worked. Well, there's no were no females. I mean, in, there, there were no there females no, in that unit. There but were no I'm also saying, yeah. like, I mean, if you drop like two females, it would have been like there's no way we get along as well as we do. <laughs> like, right? Like, there's just no way. Like, it just works <laughs> because we turned that hotel into a gym. And it was just yeah, yeah. At, at not the well. The gym slash casino. Gym slash. It was um. It was <laughs> awesome, dude. It was so good. And you having served, you really had some insight going into that job. And I remember, you know, pe- people, me, myself, leaning on you uh, for like certain little anecdotes that might help along the way. But what I was getting to is that you're one of those people, and what I respect so much about you, John, is that you don't. You're never satisfied, right? Like you're always doing other things. Like you own a restaurant in town and you right. are yeah. run, constru- you built your entire house basically. And we're the, you know, the, the contractor and architect and, you know, you're directing shorts and writing podcasts and doing all these things. And I, and I have, you know, mad respect for you in that regard. And I just, I feel like we're kindred spirits a little bit in that way. I, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm not satisfied usually unless I'm busy. Uh, you're very busy, by the way. But always. You, I, I was sitting here thinking before you got here, I was sitting here thinking about it, and you and I met in Africa, and you got home, and we got home in December, and I think it was that next pilot season that you booked Castle, and then you were on Castle for eight seasons after that, and then. Yeah. You get off Castle and it's less than a year and you're on This Is Us. Uh, and now you've been on This Is Us for like what? Three or four seasons? We're in season five now. I mean, what? I mean, yeah. Dude. Very lucky. I mean, I think very insane. lucky. insane. Very lucky. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been uh, very, I, I don't even, I can't, I don't even know. I can't even speak to it. It's just, you know. You haven't um, stopped. I think like positive energy is something that, that works and I, I mean you know there's that that book uh the secret that came out and was about manifesting sure um do you do that stuff i kind of do but not like like not by the book if you right. will but right, like right, right. like like i remember when i i watched the doc the documentary the secret sure, sure, right? sure. and i remember going oh i already i mean i already do that i just put the energy out there like mm. i'm going to do this right i'm going to work on this right. um uh, i'm gonna do this type of job like i i always put that out there. and i have a feeling that if i asked you if you that if you've done that all the time in your life that you do it all the time yeah and i so to me it feels like and, and i know that there are a lot of people that are in you know they're dreamers that are like they just put the energy out there and i feel like if you put the energy out there it's gonna swing back because if you when you because when i have put negative thoughts and negative energy out there that shit has come back mm-hmm. but i feel like you know i finally decided let, let's just like say 
I'm gonna I'm doing this and 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 I think that um yeah when I got back from Gen Kill I was on a high because that, again that was my favorite job that mm-hmm. I ever had so that's already like a positive vibe and a positive kind of place that I'm coming from. And you're walking th- into rooms. I mean, we, as we, we, both well, can we attest had, to, you can yeah. walk into rooms and you feel so good walking into. You rooms. feel good. I felt good. I mean, Generation Kill hadn't come out hadn't come out yet before. And by the uh, way, when I say when walking Castle. into rooms, for those, I mean like going into auditions to meet people. Yeah, like when exactly. you're on a show or you've just come off a show, certainly one created by David Simon and Ed Burns, who at right. that point had you know just finished up The Wire and it's on HBO. Yeah, like you just. You you walk in confident. You walk yeah. in with confidence. You know, and well, the, but it's a funny story. I'll tell you another story. Um, so you know, when we came back, I hadn't even remember when we came back. The writer strike was going on, right? Uh, that was early two thousand eight, right? And there really wasn't a pilot season that year. Um, and uh, so we came back. Generation Kill was in post, so nobody had seen it yet. I still felt good about what we did, and. My castle, it was one of the only shows that had kind of like made it in early enough mm-hmm. to really do a pilot. But we didn't do, we didn't do the pilot during pilot season. It was like right. late, like later. It was like right. in the summer or some shit. And so, um, but I went in for that. I, I was in a very positive and good mood. And I went in for the, the, the pilot and I saw David Barrera, who worked on Generation Kill with us. I saw this dude, Marco Sanchez, who I've always loved. As an actor and a, and a dude, and uh, I talk to them in the in the waiting room. You know how you do when you see people you know. And then I go in and I read, and I, in my opinion, I bombed. Like I just Terrible. sucked. Yeah. Terrible. I walked out of that and I looked Marco Sanchez in the eye and I said, "Yo, bro, this is your job to get because I just fucked that shit up." <laughs> Told the same thing to Barrera, and left. I call. I, I never do this. I called my manager and I said, will you do me a favor? Please call casting because I knew the casting director, Donna Rosenstein. Uh, she had you know, always you know, been kind to me and a fan of mine. And so I said, can you call her and please apologize for me wasting her time <laughs> and wasting the, their time, like at the, you know, all the people that I just read for. And my manager was like, you sure you want me to do that? I was like, please do that. Just do it. So... She did it, and then she called me back, and I said, so what'd they say? I mean, you know, are they pissed that I fucking bombed like that? And she was like, no, the, the job is yours. You got it. And I was like, what? So for eight seasons, I had to fuck up every scene. I had to try <laughs> to, to, like, be, I had to, try to bomb bad. every scene. Um, <laughs> Tell me something, though. How is it to be on a series for eight years? I mean, eight seasons, I should say. I've been, the longest I've done a show is two Everybody now, I've gotten to a place where pretty much when I'm on a show, people get nervous because they know they're not <laughs> going to get past two seasons. Yeah, it's the opposite. When they, see, when they put me on a show, they're like, oh, we good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gold. <laughs> yeah, like it, the, the cast of the right stuff is like, shit. <laughs> Why do you hire late? Yeah, yeah. We're going to get two max out <laughs> nah, of this Nah, dude, that's not it. I'm just that's two and it. out. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, in the shows that I have done that are cable shows. So, you know, eight, 10, 12 episodes where you're doing eight seasons 22 episodes or 23 episodes like what i can't even fathom how difficult that must be to 
to do that day after day after day for as long as you did. And I know it's fun and all that, but I'm asking for can't you be candid here because oh, I know well. there's gotta be frustrations yeah, absolutely. creatively when you're spending that much time as the same character saying the same shit over and over again. Certainly on a procedural right. where well, you're, you know, doing like a different storyline every day. Well, that was the great, that was, so for Castle, the great, the greatest kind of um, position to be in on Castle was being one of several char- actors that came to work trying to figure out how to make a procedural not feel like a procedural. Mm-hmm. Meaning that we know we're going to say the same lines over and over. I can't tell you how many times I said the canvas came up empty. Um, but the canvas, I, the canvas. So when you canvas right, the neighborhood, right. you canvas, you know, you, canvas came as, up empty. yeah, cops have to canvas like, the neighborhood. We make up a YouTube clip for like of eight minutes of you just saying that. Absolutely. Right. There are some YouTube clips out there. That's hilarious. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so you know, you, you, I would say that I'd say that all the time, but, the greatest thing was being part of a cast that, you know, what what could we do to make this not sound like the same mm-hmm. line over and over again? That's what I would show up to. I would show up with that in my my heart and my mind, but then also my co-stars would do the same thing. So then mm-hmm. we would we would show up and, and instead of like just approaching a scene that there's been a murder, there's a witness. We're gonna have to canvas the neighborhood. Nobody saw anything. Whatever. Like, what's going on with the characters, though? So mm-hmm. we, you know, we would all we would come up with, oh my, you know, my character told your character that you know your shirt is either too tight or you've gained ten pounds, mm-hmm. and that's what we're coming in with, mm-hmm. or vi- you know, whatever, whatever it was with right. the other characters, so that there was something going on, and we would try to. And then we could add maybe a word or two or a line or two if the writers was cool with it. We would pitch the writers like, "This is what we want to do," and they were so open to it. It was such a great collaboration. So you almost kind of serialized more than was on the page, yeah. So that you guys stayed um, fresh, engaged. engaged and fresh. Yeah. And it, I'll say, when I was on that show, I did an episode of that. You show. did. It was and a great it, episode. It was, it was fun. So damn funny. And what I really appreciated about it is that, like, you guys took the job seriously in the sense that you knew you were doing something cool and important and and you respected it but you didn't take yourselves too seriously well i think that's the secret right and and that is i think that is the secret certainly for a show like that well for any show fuck it for any Any show show. but 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 no but no no television show is is saving the world from nuclear destruction that's right so it's like you have to respect it and you want to take your job seriously but you can't take it so seriously that you it, it loses the fun and I remember being on that set with you guys, and I remember doing a scene where Nathan <laughs> and you and Seamus are all dressed like Elvis, I think. Yes. They all rolled in. Yeah. And you guys didn't tell me that, like, on my coverage, meaning when the camera was on me, the goal was going to be to see who could make me break character <laughs> first and just absolutely crush me from behind camera and try to see. And then you guys would do it to each other. Oh yeah, and um, you know, you guys just had a great time. It was awesome. It was we a great time, a and I think that's that. So that's what made eight years on the doable. same show doable. Um, but at the same time, like you know, when we were doing that show, is when you know the i the iPhone had came out while we were doing Generation Kill. If you remember, mm-hmm. we had uh, one of our actors brought oh, one yeah. back from America. Yeah. 
which is very memorable. Yeah. Um, him showing that off. Uh, but <laughs> he was so proud. Let me. <laughs> he was really proud. Oh man. Oh god. Almost braggadocious. But really? um, would you say braggadocious? Yeah. yeah it a little bit. Okay. Um, right. but uh, you know, <laughs> 2008 when we were doing Castle, uh, a year one year into the iPhone, um, you know there were uh, you know all these apps, and one of them was Deadline. Deadline said, let's make an app. Right. And so and while... Deadline Hollywood. Deadline Hollywood. Which is a trade paper for Hollywood. It announces what are the new job, the new right. series that have been picked up, the movies that have been picked up, right. who's doing what, what right. director's doing what, what actor's doing what, what producer's doing what, what studio's doing what. And so with this app, like you can have your finger on the pulse, stuff that we didn't have access to before 2008, where you know you you'd rely, you relied on your agents or your managers to tell you what's news, going on in Hollywood. Right. Or unless well, you, read, or, no, you read or you need people, or you could read like Hot Reporter or Variety, but right. if you, unless you had a subscription, you right. weren't really getting it. Unless That's you're right. in, when you go to auditions or right. or to test, you steal it out of the waiting room. Exactly, yeah, totally. But uh, this deadline gave it to you right in the palm of your hand, while in between scenes while you're on Castle, and you would see shows that were coming out, maybe based on a book that you've read. Or a uh, comic book character that, that you loved growing up, or um, something, and you and I would you would read this, and you'd say, "Fuck, man, I can't even audition for this because right. I'm I'm on this show, and we have two months off every year." Right. Um, Certainly not which, enough to do a movie. Not enough to do a movie. Usually, yeah, not enough to do a movie. And but at the same time, like the fact that I'm complaining. That I have two months off during the year. Right. Who the fuck else gets two months off during the year? Right. So I'd literally have to and like... It's paid a pretty healthy amount for those 10 months. Right. And I would yeah. have to... So I'd literally have to pinch myself and sometimes sure. just punch myself to go, shut the fuck up. Right. Like, and now... So, so I finally decided I had to put this app away. I had to right. delete it from my phone because the app can drive me crazy while I'm between scenes. But then... I'm between scenes right. on an awesome show right. with great actors, great directors. I mean, it was it was it was a good time. And then you know now on a on a new show. Yeah. So tell me about similar this is thing. Us. Like you like when you got on This Is Us, it had already started, right? Didn't you? They had shot the pilot. A, oh, I, really? Yeah, I started oh, for some episode reason, I thought, two. Oh wow! So okay. they shot. They I shot you the started after like like it even started airing no they they had shot the pilot while we were still filming castle we oh got, wow okay. castle got yeah i had so Golly, there's another funny crazy. story uh not really that funny um you know they had we thought castle was going to be done after eight seasons right we just thought it was and then suddenly they were like no no no, no we want to do a season nine and started negotiating with us to extend our contracts because our all of our contracts were up and Everybody had closed except for me. I was like the last one because this is when I was starting to get into directing. And so I had put in my contract like, no, I'm not going to. You're going to guarantee me three episodes this season because I want. that's what I want to do now. I want to direct. And so it took a minute to get that worked out in the deal. And it did. And as soon as it did, they, I got a call that we were canceled. I was in <laughs> Puerto Rico at the time. And I was like, fuck. And so we came back, but I was kind of excited. I was like, okay, cool. It had its run. Um, you know, all of those deadline shows that, had, you know, all the shows I'd seen on deadline or, or movies, like now I'm going to have an opportunity to go after some of these cable sure. prestige shows, whatever. And This Is Us was one of 
four auditions that I had. Uh, I had two auditions for people involved in the narco trade, Mm -hmm. which pissed me off. Mm -hmm. Because as an adult male Latino, Mm -hmm. these are the roles that are out there right it's very you know it's, yeah, it's you're very like, stereotypical yeah right. then there were then the third the the, the one of the th- other roles was on um uh, one day at a time i was mm-hmm. doing a chemistry read for a recurring character on that show to play the ex-husband of mm-hmm. the lead female character who is an abusive mm-hmm. uh husband physically abusive husband uh suffering from ptsd and i was like you know as a veteran not every veteran has ptsd and not every veteran's PTSD manifests into mm-hmm. violence against their family and against their wife. So I kind of didn't like that. And I didn't, I didn't like that that was another a Latino character that was that way. Right. And then it was the fourth character, the fourth audition, the fourth meeting, which was This Is Us. Right. And it was for Mike. And I showed up to that after my, I did two chemistry reads for, um, from, for uh, One Day at a Time. And uh, after the second one, I had to go straight to the This Is Us meeting. And I show up, and every guy in there was about, you know, anywhere between 40 and 50 years old, white guy with salt and pepper hair. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some uh, a little overweight, some really skinny. Like, it was definitely character actor. Sure. Which I always, I love character actors more than anything. I wish I was thought of as a character actor mm-hmm. but people always thought of me as as that young lady man but latino right latino young man. Right. and i was like hey, well this is not this is not me this is not my room what am i doing here oh i'm that guy you're the option i'm the option I'm right like, i I'm, know that they were like oh we we, we tried right we tried right we, we looked at other people of color right and so um I was like a little frustrated when I showed up. And plus, they, it, it happened on that day. Like it was like a same day thing. Right. We're like, can you get over to Paramount? Sure. And I went in and I, um, luckily there were a lot of guys before me, which is also frustrating when you know it's the, the test or the last, you know, final call, the final audition. And you're like, you know, you used to be between two or three people. Right. Now it's 10, 12 right. guys up from one part. Right. At the final. And I was like frustrated about that a little bit, but it did give me enough time to look at the sides, sides the, the monologues the that they wanted me to do real quick. Right. And I, uh, but I went in and it just, it just was a really good meeting. And they, and I, but I, I didn't think it was going to be. I thought, you know, I'm just the token. And it ended up like, you know, going your way, going my way. And they changed the character's name to Miguel. And uh, it was, you know, it, since then it's been, now it's been five seasons. We're, we're doing six. Um, there's a plan for the show, which is kind of cool. We know it's going to end. We know how it's going to end. And so, um, you know. I remember reading, uh, this is, I was doing a movie in Bulgaria. And uh, they sent me the script for This Is Us. Oh, yeah? I, yeah, so I was for on the hiatus. Kevin character. Uh, no, not Kevin for Milo's character. For Milo character, yeah, all right. And Milo Ventimiglia, who I did my first movie with. Oh wow, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh wow. And uh, what was that called? Cursed. Cursed. Wes Craven movie with wow. Jesse Eisenberg uh, and Christina Ricci and Milo Jesse Ventimiglia. Jesse Eisenberg is in that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jesse and Christina were the leads. Milo was like the lead, kind of like bad guy, and uh-huh. I was like one of his like. 
bad guy. We were like, I kind of like, we were like Cobra Kai's. Like he was Johnny and I was like the put him in a body bag Johnny guy. Right. You know, like I was like we were the boys. Have you been watching Cobra Kai, by the way? No, I haven't watched it yet. Awesome. I know. I need to watch it. Um, so yeah, we, when I got that script, I was blown away. I was like, dude, this, you know, you read a lot of shit. And I read that script and I was like, oh, dude, this is really, really good. The way they turned it at the end of the pilot, mm-hmm. which I didn't see coming. I was just like, this is awesome. This is going to be a killer, killer show. Yeah. And very clever. Dude, it's unbelievable. So you, I mean, really, since we worked together in 2007, you've had like five auditions <laughs> and <laughs> <you've> <laughs> shows for like 13 years. I mean, it's really unbelievable, man. Yeah. It's pretty awesome, dude. I've been very lucky, you know, in the, but there, you know, there's, there's been those moments. I had the, you know, I had a a lull where I almost like went back into the military. Uh, I was, I mean, to be honest, I was technically homeless for 10 days. Um, living in my truck, my pickup truck with, with two dogs. And I don't have a, I didn't have a crew cab, bro. I had, right. a, I had a regular little guy. 1960 right. F100. Like right. I had a little cab and I had two dogs in there with me. So it's me, two dogs and all my stuff in the back of the, truck with a tarp over it right because you know just the circumstances going through a certain uh life change breakup um you know and it was you know tough you know a tougher time and you know and the reason i was homeless is only because i you know you know the breakup somebody had to leave right and then i didn't have i had too much pride to ask friends to for help right um, I had too much pride, which I think probably happens to a lot of people. Sure. Um, and you know, I was, I was, you know, at at one point after being in a pickup truck with two dogs, you know, you're like, I got who? Who can I call? And I, you know, called a friend, and he he uh, helped me out. And then you know, and 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 from there, then it was like find that positive right. kind of attitude again find the positive attitude find the initiative find the discipline and get back to work and that's um kind of you know the beginning of first of all i I met my wife during that time period um i you know started working again and you know pretty much from that point i mean that that was that was i think 2004 end of 2003 beginning of 2004 um was that time period and then but from but from that point on i've been very lucky to to be able to do you know what i love and and um i you know i i am just humbled by having any kind of success in this business because it's one of the toughest businesses to to say this is what i want to do it is it is and it's good that you're humbled by it and it it's certainly good that you recognize that there's luck involved in it but um you know luck i I don't i don't i don't think that these are things that come without you know preparedness and hard work and discipline and self-awareness all of which you have in spades and so uh you know, there's, it's no shock to me that you're working and, you know, it's, listen, as actors, we always, when we're working, we think we'll never stop. And when we're not working, we think we'll never work again. Right. And that's just the nature of the beast. Um, but it's no shock that, you know, you, you, you remain busy and I know you will. 
Um, well, I, re- I and when I say lucky and I say luck, like I regard luck as you know preparation meets opportunity. Of course, yeah. I mean, absolutely that, luck is. is like you you if you got to be prepared when yep. the opportunity presents itself. You got to so, be prepared for it. And if you are, then yeah, things could work out. Yeah. Um, you're about to finish or start the the sixth season of This Is Us. The fifth season. Fifth season. Yeah. So we've awesome got this dude. season and one more. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Um, thank you, dude. You're Thanks welcome. for coming to Bullshit. Thanks for having. Yeah, man. Having me at your house. It's been a minute. Yeah, this is great. This has been a great talk. Gotta, I don't even feel like this was an interview. It wasn't. This was I a hangout. I don't want it to be an interview. It should feel like a hangout. We drank beers and yeah, you, bourbon. Yeah, why don't you crack me in one of those Modellos? One one? Are they cold? <laughs> don't really know. Let me go get my fat tire. I know it's cold. You sure? Yeah. I don't it's know. not as cold as it could be. Yeah. But a, a cold Modelo a is A cold Modelo is excellent. Thing. A medium room temperature Modelo. It's still pretty good. Not A medium really. temperature Modelo is better than a cold Budweiser or Bud Well, Light. of course, clearly. Uh, or, I mean, I, I think it's better than most beers. I've got a fat tire in the refrigerator. I'm going to go right. drink that. Okay. All right, man. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Thanks for uh, having me, man. This has been great. Thank you, as always, to our friends of the program, beginning with the MVP, Tony Moles over at the Anthem Agency, A-N-T-H-M Agency. Check out our uh, assets, not our asses, our assets on Instagram. Uh, He handles all the graphic design needs for us, uh, and he handles them in a big way. Go check out his Instagram uh, page. You can get a look at what kind of stuff they do. They do some cool motion uh, graphic stuff. And uh, if you're a new company, startup, uh, maybe you're just an old company and you're rebranding, uh, take a look at Anthem Agency. They do really good work. Blackland Distillery out of Fort Worth, keeping us lubed up for our conversations with our fantastic guests. Check out Blackland Distillery FW. You can check them out on all the uh, socials as well as uh, online. All right. We'll see you next week. Later.